Well, welcome to our Advent uh, series. We're going to be doing our Advent series is based on It's a Wonderful Life, and um, it's, it's going to help us to frame this Advent season. So this week, we're going to look at It's a Wonderful Life, Endure It, which is just like, oh boy, that sounds great. <laughs> but next week, we'll look at It's a Wonderful Life, Hope in It, and then It's a Wonderful Life, Believe It, and then Trust It, and on Christmas Eve, It's a Wonderful Life treasure it. And during this time, we're going to have some special characters. Peter Bailey just came up, uh, George's dad. Uh, next week, Uncle Billy's going to be here, and then Peter, George himself, and then Mary Bailey and Zuzu Bailey, who's, who's uh, one of the daughters. So um, they're going to help us w- during this Advent season. This class, anybody seen It's a Wonderful Life? <laughs> you folks? Yeah, it's a classic, right? It's, it's a part of our culture, and, and even though the film itself isn't particularly Christian, if you've been around here long, I, you know something that I believe. I believe that God will be found wherever you look, including at the movies. <laughs> you know, we will find God if we look for God, and so, so as we look for God during this Advent season, uh, we will find him, and I hope that the next time you watch this, this is a tradition in many families, is to watch this movie. And uh, so I hope that in this season, when you watch it, I pray that it draws you deeper into the heart of Advent, into the season of hope, the season of peace, the season of joy, love, and ultimately the season of Christ. Uh, endurance, right? Doesn't immediately strike us as an Advent theme, the power to withstand pain or hardships. Welcome to Advent. Hallelujah. <laughs> Merry Christmas! <laughs> Under adverse conditions, that's right. You know. um, so it's not, it's not your, this is not your usual Advent series. Um, uh, but, it, but it is exactly what was going on when you look at George Bailey's life and the life that his dad was inviting him to. It was, you know, I need you to continue... It to, to this building and loan and continue in, in this place because I know it seems small, but it's making a difference, and, and, and I need help, and you're the one. But George is, at, you know, George is not thinking anything about that, right? He's like, I want to go do this, and I want to go see the world, and I'm going to go, you know, throughout the movie, he's talking about, I'm going to go to Paris, and I'm going to go all these places, and he's going to be this, I'm going to be a big man, I'm going to do all this stuff because that's what I'm, I'm George Bailey, and Peter Bailey is like, well, everything doesn't have to be massive. Sometimes the biggest differences happen in the smallest places. So George's dad, Peter, asked him, will you consider (laughs) staying home? And that wasn't what George was thinking about. That's not the wonderful life that George was anticipating. But aren't we like George? Aren't we like George? We usually hope for something different in our lives, especially in this season. We're looking at, you know, if I could just have whatever the just have will make my life right, if it, whether it's health or, or the job or the money or the whatever, if I could just have that, it would be good, it would be okay, which is why we're used to seeing words that inspire a different kind of emotion during Advent, this, the idea of hope, love, joy, and peace. Hope, love, joy, and peace are not words that we throw around th- throughout the year, unfortunately. I wish they were, you know, but, but they're not as common as they are in this season. They're normal for this season. They're a part of this season. 
And every year we look forward to this. We look forward to the theme of Christmas, of Jesus coming. It's the advent of Christ. He's coming. Merry Christmas. We're going to celebrate. We're going to have presents and, and all that kind of stuff. And we're going to just celebrate his coming. But if we're honest, the words of this season slip away too easily. What happens after Christmas for some of us? All the joy of the season, all the niceness. <laughs> it's out, right? And for some, they struggle with the decline in the spirit of Christmas. You love the, I love the spirit of Christmas. I love this season. I love that people are just nicer. You know, they're just nicer for no other reason than they choose to be nicer. You know, <laughs> it makes you wonder why we can't choose to be nicer all the time. Um, anyway, uh, <laughs> no, I was letting that sit. That's 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 not as a, as a pregnant pause. That's letting that kind of land and kind of just sit there for a minute. <laughs> But this season, these the kind of the joy-inspired days of Christmas, and, and even into the new year, often can, can January comes, and then it can become cold and dreary, and a sense of darkness can affect us, and there's a lessening of the sense of hope and the sense of peace and joy. We look around our world, there's so much going on, we, we can even lose our connection with Christ, you know, as we drift a little bit away from the foundation of the season. It can become a bit dark for us. I'm one of those that it can become a bit dark for but even if you're not like me, and you're not one of those that can become a bit dark for, do you know somebody who this happens for and to? You know? It's not uncommon that, that we experience this or we know of others around us who do. And for all of us, we just want the darkness to be over. We want light to come. We, you know, I, I want it to get better. I want the kingdom of God to come the way that Jesus says it's going to come. I want it here. And our proclamation in this day is that one day... It will. Mike mentioned the three kind of parts to Advent, the, the Advent that's already come, the Advent that we can choose now, and the Advent that's yet to come. It's an already not yet kind of thing. One day the kingdom's going to come, just as Jesus said it will. One day it's going to happen. Everything's going to be the way that it should, and, and I am anticipating. I am anticipatory. Uh, whatever anticipation kind of word you want to use, I'm looking forward to that season because there's no more death, no more mourning, no more crying, no more pain, no more war, division, no more hatred, no more senseless acts of violence, no more evil in the shabby kind of out-of-control world that we live in, none of that stuff. One day God's going to make all things new, going to make all things new. It's all going to be new, and it's going to be extraordinary. But until then, we have to learn a discipline, and it's a discipline of endurance. It's a wonderful life, and sometimes we have to endure. passage that I'm going to use today is from Matthew chapter 24, verse 36. I'm actually going to use several, but this is the primary one. It says this. It says, but about that day or hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. As it was in the days of Noah, so it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. Think about that. As it was, you know, they made fun of Noah. They were like, 
<laughs> what are you, you're building this big boat. What for? Because it's going to rain and there's going to be a flood. Okay, whatever. You know, they didn't believe him. And that boat didn't take like a week to build. That was a project. That was a massive ark. So, yeah. How big is it? You, you all went up there, didn't you, Rick? How big is the ark? Probably wouldn't fit in this building, right? It, it's massive. It's massive. It took a while to build. So you can imagine the people coming out to Noah going, dude, you are nuts. You know? But he was anticipating the coming rain. And we are to be anticipating the coming Christ. As it was in the days of Noah, so it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. For the, in the days before the flood, people were eating and drinking, marrying, giving in marriage up to the day Noah entered the ark, and they knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came and took them all away. That's how it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. Two men going to be in the field. One's going to be taken, the other left. Two women grinding with a handmill, one taken, another left. Therefore, keep watch. Therefore, keep watch, because you don't know on what day your Lord will come. But understand this. If the owner of the house had known at what time of night the thief was going to come, he would have kept watch, and he would not have let his house be broken into. So also we must be ready, because the Son of Man will come at an hour that we do not expect him. In other words, we need to endure. We need to be ready. We need to, to anticipate. Endurance is a tough concept in our culture, by the way. For a people so used to having everything and anything at the click of a button, right? Endurance is relatively incomprehensible. The idea of waiting for something, <laughs> the idea of waiting for something we yearn for, it seems unjust and unfair, and I should be able to have it. And by the way, I should be able to have it when? Now. I don't need to wait for that. I need it now. It, it doesn't make any sense. I want hope, peace, joy, and love. But you know when I want it? Now. I want it now. That's, what's this waiting stuff? I don't want to wait. I need it now. Give me some peace, would you? I need some peace. Here. Thank you, little P. I need some joy. Can I have some joy? You got any? Yeah, there you go. Can I have some love? Oh. <laughs> but right, we want it now. That's all I want. I want it now. Uh, so I want these things now. And we want Christmas to get here, right? It's, this is the first Sunday of Advent. Come on. You know, when's it going to get here? I want it to get here. Of course, some of us are late shoppers, so you know, <laughs> it's like, okay, hold off just a little. Just one more day. Of course, Amazon has helped with that. Anyway. Um, <laughs> So we get glimpses of, of gifts, and we get glimpses of possibility, but we want these things now. I want them to appear as soon as possible. I want Jesus to come, and I want him to come now. now. <laughs> I don't want to wait, even though Scripture tells us the reason that he tarries is so that all might be saved. I, I don't care. I mean, I care, but I don't care because <laughs> I want him to come now. That's right. I want him to come now. And we get glimpses of these gifts, but they're so often overshadowed by our realities. Our realities can be rough, realities of life. We read about and hear about school shootings and even church shootings nowadays, political shenanigans, and our society seems to have lost the ability to have a conversation unless everyone in the room thinks exactly the same 
and speaks exactly the same. We no longer can disagree in an agreeable fashion. You know that's false. I'm going to wait this time. You know that's false? We can disagree in an agreeable fashion. We don't have to agree. We should not agree on everything. You know it? Do you have opinions? You know what? So do I. Did you know that your opinions and my opinions are not the same opinions? Therefore, we will. You know? Nothing wrong with disagreement. Disagreement is healthy. Disagreement is good. We don't have to blast each other. We don't have to hate each other. We don't have to blow each other out of the water. And I can say I don't agree with you, but I accept that you don't agree with me too, you know. We can do these things. We can agree in a, in a way or disagree in a way that is agreeable. And that's what makes endurance, just like hope, peace, joy, and love, such an important theme for Advent. Because it is. It's an important theme for us to grab hold of these tenets of of Advent. We have such a hope in Jesus Christ. He loved us so much that he died for us. There's a joy that comes from the Lord that is not accessible to us in any other circumstance. There's a peace that passes all understanding. And regardless of our circumstance, these are parts of us. This is our faith. This is who we are. Advent is about who we are are as believers. And on Christmas Eve, we have a Christ candle to remind us of our source, where our light, as we light all the candles from Christ, our light comes from him. And you know what we do with that light? We shine it. We share it with who? Everyone. Listen to La Luz. It's from Crowder. Some of y'all heard it very loud one Sunday morning. <laughs> endurance. Endurance. And by the way, we're not the only ones who struggle with endurance, but the early disciples, they struggled with endurance. Did you know that they asked, when's Jesus coming back all the stinking time? It's like, okay, when are you coming back? I know you're not gone yet, but when are you coming back? You know, when, 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 when is this kingdom going to come? And then Paul had to address this consistently in his letters to the church about, okay, we're ready. We're ready for, for him to come back. It's been, you know, a little while. We're ready for Jesus to come back and take us with him because we're, we're under persecution. We don't like it. And so this is all going on. When are we going to? It's kind of like kids in a car. You ever been, you know, you got kids, right? What do they say? When are we going to get there? You know, it's it's kind of like, when are you coming back? Let's go. Let's get here. You know, it's time. It's time. Come back. I'm ready. You know? And this is understandable. The Jewish people, if you think back, you know, the Jewish people, they were tired of the status quo. They'd been controlled by other governments. They were tired of that, tired of feeling like they were second-class citizens, tired of feeling powerless to change their social situation. And they had been at it for quite a while. They had, their history is one of oppression. They had been oppressed, whether it was in Egypt is where it started, before Moses showed up and took them out. And then after Egypt, Babylon happened, and then they got taken to, in the, in the, in the diaspora, got taken to Babylon, and then Assyria, and then Rome shows up and takes them over in the time of Jesus. They are constantly under oppression. They're tired of it. They're waiting. By the way, they waited thousands of years for Jesus and still missed him, so may we not miss Jesus when he comes back. But, but they waited thousands of years for Jesus to show up. They were waiting for him. They were tired of it. 
And every time they asked when their existence would transform into the beautiful kingdom that was to come, the answer always seemed to be the same. Not yet. Not yet. It's surely coming, but not yet. How many people like that answer from God? Oh, wait, let me do it the other way. That way I'll get hands. How many people don't like that answer from God? Not yet. I don't either. But that we need to endure to be a people of the already of Christmas and the kingdom of now and the not yet of Christ's return is clear in Scripture. It's clear. It's throughout Scripture. There's encouragement after encouragement to be patient, to persevere, to endure because of the growth that will come. And I've got just a couple of passages. Romans chapter 5. Therefore, having been justified by faith, We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. And not only that, this is the hard part, we also glory in tribulations, which are trials and struggles and difficulties. We glory in tribulations. Why? Because we know that tribulation and trials produce perseverance. Perseverance produces character, character produces hope, and hope does not disappoint. Hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Hope does not disappoint. If you're wrestling with hopelessness, hope does not disappoint. Grab hold of hope. There's hope in this season. Colossians chapter 1, so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way, hearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, so that you may have great endurance and patience. 1 Corinthians 10, 13, no temptation has overtaken you except what's common to, common to humankind. God is faithful. Say that with me. God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. Do not misuse that scripture in your life because the next part is a critically important to this passage. Too many people say, well, God's not, God will never give you more than you can handle. I got news for you. God will let more than you can handle happen. But he will also do this. He will provide a way out so that you can endure. He does not leave you alone in it. You're going to face stuff in life that's bigger than you. This is one of the most commonly misused scriptures. You know, well, God will never give you more than you can handle. That's a lie. It's not even scriptural. Look at scripture. Read the Bible. There's a lot of people that had a lot more that they could handle. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to humankind. God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will provide a way out so that you can endure it so that you can get through it so that you can work forward with it it often requires us to share with other people and let people into our lives Romans 15 for everything that was written in the past was written to teach us so that through the endurance taught in the scriptures and the encouragement they provide we might have hope may the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you the same attitude of mind toward each other that Christ Jesus had how did Christ feel about you I'm gonna wait So three people think he loved us. What do the rest of you think? How does Christ Jesus feel about you? He loved you. How much? Right? Wow. 
How are we supposed to love each other? How, what kind of attitude of mind are we supposed to have toward each other? <sighs> right? May we love that way. You know, if, we're, if we love that way, we're going to be known in this community. In this, You know how different that is? I don't like you and I don't agree with you, but I love you. What? I'm committed to seeing you better off regardless. What? You want different? You want Christianity? You want to be a Christ follower? Get ready. Hitch it up. It ain't easy, but it's worth it. Where was I? <laughs> Hitch it up. Hebrews 12:7. Endure hardships as discipline. God is treating you as his children for what children are not disciplined by their father, by their parent. All kids are disciplined by their parents. Our kids hate that we discipline them, and yet it's necessary for them to grow. Endure this because discipline is necessary for growth, right? If, if, would you just let your kids do whatever they want to do? No. What would happen? It would not go well. <laughs> One, there'd be a lot of little dead kids. <laughs> Did I say that in church? Um, not out loud. It wasn't out loud? Okay. Discipline is important in our growth. It's important. God loves us. Our Father, our, our, our heavenly parent loves us so much. He's going, you're going to experience this. James 1, 2 through 4, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. It produces perseverance, stick-to-itiveness. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking in anything. Second Timothy 2, here is a trustworthy saying, if we died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we disown him, he'll also disown us. If we're faithless, he remains faithful. If, if we are, hear that, if we are faithless, he remains faithful. If we are faithless, he remains faithful. Faithful. How crazy is a God who loves you like that? I screwed up, and he says, I'm still here. Wow, it's amazing. It's amazing. And he will come again. The Father knows the time. We're supposed to be ready. And I know that not yet isn't the answer that many of us want to hear. I certainly don't appreciate it, but it's the answer that God gives me more often than not. You know, it's, I, want, I, I'm like, I am like, where is she? This is me. I hate to admit it, but it's absolutely true. Yeah, there she is. I want it now, you know, I, and, and even in the realm of faith. Isn't it crazy that this is what I do? God, uh, you know, I'm praying diligently, and I want to, you know, and I'm praying, and I'm praying, and I, and he's like, not yet. And I'm like, no, I want it now. Yeah, it's just one of those things. I think we're wired that way probably. I want it now. Father knows the time. We're supposed to be ready. And knowing that we'd like God to reveal more than a not yet. Jesus, knowing that, Jesus taught us this way. He gives us these passages of Scripture about endurance, and, 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 and it gives us a way of faithfully moving forward, undetoured uh, in the faith, especially when those moments of hope, peace, joy, and love are so fleeting and so difficult, and they don't hang on, and they're, they're here and they're gone. And who better to teach us about this than the one who, Hebrews says, endured the cross for the joy set 
before him, scorning its shame. He endured the cross for the joy set before him, scorning its shame. Endurance is the way of Christ. And by the way, it's the way of Christ's followers, which makes it our way. We have to learn to fix our eyes. Fix our eyes when, when we're in, in a, in, on him instead of on the world. And we're in an in-between time. And, and the threshold between what is and what will be and our souls, are, we have to be shaped by this discipline of enduring and, and looking at, at it's a wonderful life, but there are going to be times and struggles and things that we have to go through because endurance requires courage, guys. You have to be in, remember the thing that we talked about being in courage? We've got to be encouraging one another. We've got to live in courage, and that happens when we encourage. So we need to live in courage and encouraging one another because it's a tough thing. And we're invited in this season of Advent into this idea of a courageous faith. A courageous faith. See, without courage, our hearts can easily grow discouraged. They can get disappointed. Our hearts can get listless and kind of wandering. But enduring the struggles of this world while awaiting the joy that is to come is not for the faint of heart. It's for us. And we are a, a people of courage. We are a people of courage. And that's the point that Jesus is trying to make to his disciples. Courage will follow when faith takes the lead. Having faith requires courage. It takes courage to get up every morning, by the way, and proclaim love to a broken world. It takes courage to do that. The easy part is just go along with it. it takes courage to, to, to get up in the morning and proclaim that love. It takes courage to await joy in the face of suffering. Man, some of y'all are going through some stuff. Going through some stuff. You're waiting for the joy, and it takes courage to stick to your faith. It takes courage to believe in resurrection when everything around us speaks of death. Everything around us speaks of death, and we're looking for resurrection. It takes courage to keep on believing in, the, in whatever chapters are currently being written and that they cannot and will not undo the ending before us that Christ has set. We have such a hope in Jesus Christ. So we endure. We don't simply exist. We don't simply show up. We, we are a people that thrive and a people that see persecution as a way to grow. We see the struggles as catalysts. God will work all things to the good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. And endurance takes courage. Here's the thing about courage. It's not found by digging simply, just digging within found when we're awakened to the activity of God, when we're awakened to what God is doing, then we can find that courage. Jesus said that heaven and earth will pass away, but his words never will. His words, which flow out of his heart, can give us strength when we're weak. In our weakness, he is made strong. His words will never be shaken. Nothing in the world can undo the story God is writing. Nothing. If all means all, nothing means nothing. <laughs> Which is why Jesus to tell, tells us to look at, look at and pay attention to the signs around. He says, there will be signs. And those signs will remind us that redemption is drawing near. And those signs remind us that God is at work and is not done with us. And paying attention to signs of God's kingdom among us can do a world of good for a disciple. 
They can change our tune. They can help us to see situations differently. Now, the signs were, th- were, were tangible for some. For Joseph and Mary, right, they, the sign was a baby in a manger. For the Magi in the east, it was a star in the sky. For us, well, it could be anything, really. A word of comfort when we're at our loneliest hour. Has anybody ever showed up at just the right time in your life? Man, I have had people do that. A relationship reconciled when we thought it was over. An opportunity to right a wrong when someone gives us a chance we didn't deserve. Sometimes it's just an unexpected act of kindness that gives us reason to pause and reconsider our own worldview. But these signs always point us to Christ. He gives us the desire and the strength to endure. Now, you know I talk bad about social media a lot around here because of all the negative that comes from it. But... It's a new season. I want to challenge you with something during this season. I want, and, I, and I would love to see these things in our Facebook, uh, Facebook posts online and that kind of thing. Because social media is not all bad. Take a few minutes to scroll through your newsfeed, or as you're scrolling through your newsfeed or reading through it. I want you to look for stories. I want you to look for good I want you to look for signs that God is still here. And I want you to share those with each other and with us and with Arbor Point Church at West Jackson. I want us to to pay attention to the good that is going on. God is still at work in this world. Share the courage that somebody took to love somebody else. The kingdom is drawing near. It is drawing nearer. And believing that takes courage. But believing that the God of heaven is bigger than the chains of hell is what Advent is all about. And believing that Christ is still reigning despite some of the darkness that's out there is what we're all about as followers of Jesus Christ. Keep your eye on Christ this season. He's there.